an epic weekend in Carver Hawkeye Arena. The big comeback on Saturday by the men's team as they beat Michigan State 112 106. And the women's team, oh, what a cherry on top of the Sunday as they get it done on the Caitlin Clark buzzer beater. We break it down today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Big thank you to everybody hitting that button here lately. A couple new names on there. Give a shout out to our recent Addies to YouTube. We got Truman Wiles on there, Matt Reeves, OG Waffles, Mickey Kinney, Joe Conger, Jay Anderson, and Lyle Goodwin. Thanks to all of you guys out there for hitting that subscribe button. Hit it. Just takes a moment and lets us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we count things down, what a weekend in Carver Hawkeye Arena. Yesterday I had an instant reaction podcast for you in the feed. If you missed that, make sure to go back in uh, some very raw emotions after that one as Iowa got done 112-106. It was great viewing again on the replay here uh, on Sunday night. Went back, watched it again. Of course, I, I watched the final minute and a half of regulation, I don't know, six, seven times already. It just It's going to be there for a long time. That's one you're going to fire up in the summertime. You're looking for some Hawkeye content after the Iowa baseball season comes to a close. And, yeah, we got to talk some baseball as well as they get it done this weekend. Take two out of three, including a win against number one LSU. We will talk about that. But we will talk more about, of course, everything happening in Hawkeyeville. Let's start today with the women. A three-pointer at the horn by Caitlin Clark. And as we watch Caitlin now go through her junior season, a young lady that I first saw on the hardwood as a freshman, as I call high school games here in central Iowa, on the radio. And as I hear about this youngster, just she's different. And then you go out there and you watch her, and she is. She was absolutely different. And learning the game, understanding how to play with teammates, playing with players that obviously were not at the same talent level as her. It was a maturation process always for Caitlin Clark, but the skill set was incredible. And even as the powers were coming around, most people believe that Notre Dame is where she was going to end up. That's where kind of all signs seem to be pointing. And Notre Dame, a national brand, national championship on the ledger for them. A lot of people thought that that's what it was going to end up. And of course, a Dowling girl made a whole lot of sense. Uh, had a little insight into her recruitment. And as she was shutting things down, as she was coming to her decision, and she asked all the coaches to just give me a little room. And Iowa did, Lisa Bluter did that, and Jan Jensen and the rest of the crew gave her the room that she asked for. And then as it was coming very close to her making her decision, little birdie said to the Iowa coaches, the time is now, maybe make that call. And she made the commitment and the rest is history. As we know it, Lisa Bluter played it incredibly well. And here she is becoming not just an all American, but becoming a player that is as recognized as anybody in women's college basketball in an incredibly long time. She is changing the game. She is changing not just the viewing habits of Hawkeye fans. And we're continuing to see that, 
there's no doubt. I mean, we know the numbers that we've talked about in the past, the television numbers and what she's done, but she is changing the game. We have a generational player in front of us. We've seen great players come through here. We've seen all Big Ten players. We've seen players that have gone through and won spotlight things. Meg Augustinson, what she was able to do. And there's been a ton of them that have come through. But Caitlin Clark is different. And what she brings and the notoriety that she brings to the University of Iowa and to the women's basketball program and, and to have this kind of player and to be able to unlock all the special special skills that she has before she hits the three-pointer at the horn to win the game and the pandemonium that it was in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, everybody waiting there to the end. The awful, awful foul call right at the end there that puts Indiana at the line for the two free throws. The great rule that the women's game has that the men's probably should adopt with the advancement of the ball, just like the NBA does. I love it. Sets up situations exactly what we saw. How about the screen set by Monica Cezano? Setting that screen and getting her free and and watching it get the ball to her, right? It it felt like there was just that extra beat to get her the ball. And she goes up a little off balance, and it doesn't matter. With the second and a half left, they put a little extra time on there. It was .8 when they initially uh, fouled, uh, blew the whistle on that foul call. Look, Cesano had a little hook in there. It's just a tough call with the second left in the game. And, hey, if you're just new to women's college basketball, if you're a new arrival and Caitlin Clark and this team has got you into the women's game, maybe for the first time in your life, well, you think men's officiating is bad, and it is, buckle in. You're going to see even worse officiating in the women's game. Unfortunately, uh, that's been a reality for a very long time. But ultimately, gets it done. Missed five straight threes there, there down the stretch. It just felt like Iowa... They were going to cruise in. They were going to find a way to get it done. That Indiana team, boy, they are talented. They are a really, really good team. Well, they're second in the country. They only lost one game all season long. I mean, it goes without saying just how good that Hoosier team is. And they're going to be an incredibly tough out for anybody come NCAA tournament time. But Iowa got them. Got them in the rematch in a game where let it get away late. Indiana just hit shot after shot after shot. And they had the last response and the last shot. And the celebration and seeing Caitlin the way that she responded and seeing the way that she had responded the day before as they were getting ready, I think getting ready for practice maybe. They had the practice jerseys on. And you see on the three-pointer by Peyton Sanford, he's, he hits it to send the game into overtime. There's Caitlin Clark on the baseline running up and down, just the excitement that she brought to it, uh, watching another team. And, and you can see that support in the athletic department. And you look around and you see former players. You see athletes from different programs they're supporting the men's team the women's team being at football games being at all kinds of events going to a baseball game it's a great thing to see what they do and how it's a family unit inside that athletic department yeah all the teams are separate but there's still that that sense of community that they have and what a big time moment it was for Caitlin that is no doubt about it going to be the one that I think pushes it over the edge and we've talked before about the back and forth about, you know, should it be Boston or South Carolina? That's the National Player of the Year. And a few other names that have been thrown in the mix throughout the course of the year. South Carolina is still undefeated and people continuing to go. Well, now you have it. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Caitlin Clark is a National Player of the Year. Taking this team, yes, they finish a game shy of a regular season title. But what she does, the importance of it. And then hitting that kind of shot, that that's the Tim Tebow jump pass, right? That's that's that moment. That's Desmond Howard in the end zone against Ohio State to win a Heisman Trophy. Those are the moments that really can push it over the edge. And she had that moment when things were not going well. 
It looked like it was going to be a game. I don't want to say taken away from them. Indiana went out there and they took it from Iowa. But one shot with a second and a half left is all it took. And Caitlin Clark gets it done. Iowa now the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament coming up uh, this week in Minneapolis. I know there'll be a ton of Hawkeye fans that'll be able to make their way up to that one. That should be really, really cool to see as well. Uh, The Hawkeye fans that'll travel and just how well this women's program certainly is supported throughout the years. That's something that you definitely got to realize just how lucky we are. Banged out house today. So as the number two seed, Iowa will await the winner of Wisconsin-Purdue. Purdue, you'd think, is going to win that game uh, pretty much a lot better than that Wisconsin team. Wisconsin's bad for all intents and purposes in women's basketball. So that will be on at 5.30 on Friday night, uh, March 3rd. 5.30 tip-off for the game, likely against Purdue. Then if they win that one, well, likely waiting for them in the semifinals, it'll be Maryland. Took it to them out at College Park here just last week. We talked about that game and reacted to it, but boy, what an opportunity they're going to have. Excuse me. So... That is what is in front of them. Maybe a rematch against Indiana in the championship game. That'll be on Sunday at 4 o'clock on ESPN. All the other games, though, will be on BTN. That's where we'll be able to catch all the women's basketball game. And it just continues. Iowa in a fight to maintain a number two seed. Want to stay away from South Carolina, obviously, in the bracket. We've talked about that as well in the past. You just you run out of superlatives with Caitlin Clark. And what a special talent that we're watching here. And to hit that shot, it just said, Thought it was money. She was sitting there talking to Holly Rowe after the game. What a great moment it was and had to start certainly with that. But that wasn't all this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit more about that men's game. And just speaking of luck, we're lucky to watch Caitlin Clark. We're lucky to watch this Iowa basketball team too on the men's side and what they're doing at Carver Hawkeye Arena. It's been bad on the road. No two ways about it. Not just on the road in true road environments. Hasn't very good, been very good in neutral court environments either. But in Carver Hawkeye Arena, this has been an incredibly special year. We're going to talk about just how special it is, what this team is accomplishing. And to get this team and drag them to an NCAA tournament, and they look to be in solid shape going into the final two games of the regular season before the Big Ten tournament begins in Chicago coming up next week. It's a it's a lot of fun watching this team and the way they were able to do it and the never-give-up attitude that they have. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the stare heard round the world. Fran McCaffrey staring down official Kelly Pfeiffer in the game. We'll break things down as we roll through. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. Just got through the holiday holidays. If you're trying to eat a little healthier here in the new year, don't want to compromise taste, then this is the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. So delicious, you don't even think they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars, they taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get it in the mail, you can get a box of Built Bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can still order them, order them online at Built.com, but just head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. That's where you'll find them. You can grab yourself a box of Built Bars, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, 
double chocolate or their coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in. They got a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Trent Cotta continues with you here on Locked On Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. The Locked On Network, your team every day. That's what we give to you here. And what a weekend it was in Carver Hawkeye Arena. The women with the walk-off win with the Caitlin Clark three-pointer. The comeback for Iowa against Michigan State. But now that's not alone. And what this team is doing right now, putting themselves in contention to be an NCAA tournament team for the eighth time in the last 10 years. Coming into the year, if you're listening to me here or on the radio on KXNO on my daily show there, you know, I thought they were a bubble team. That That's what they were going to do. And after the 0-3 start in the Big Ten, coupled with the loss that they had against Eastern Illinois, it felt like, well, that was even going to be too much. But here they are. So look at what this team has done throughout the course of the season. Starting with after they come back from Duke, had that quick turnaround. They play without Chris Murray. And what do they do? They go out there and they dominate Iowa State. From start to finish, get out to an early lead. They're hitting shots from all over the place. They control the game. They win it by 19. That was great. Felt awesome. The Wisconsin game, yeah, ultimately it didn't end up the right way. But that team, down eight with a minute left, came roaring back, forced overtime. Got a lead in overtime. Ultimately, it went the Badgers' way. But that showed some resiliency there. The Indiana game, I mean, getting clubbed early in the game. Was it 23-4? to They were down over 20 in the game in the first half. And what do they do? They come back. There was a histrionics also happening there. A friend walking over towards the bench and the back and forth that was happening. Looked like there was a tee. Oh, no, there wasn't a tee. Just, just a wild. Think of the wild moments that we've been able to enjoy with this Iowa basketball team this year in Carver Hawkeye Arena against Michigan. Another one down late in the game. Peyton Sanford, a couple of three pointers, including what turned out to be a four point play that ultimately forced overtime in that one, and they get it done in OT against Michigan. The Maryland game, really starting, dominating from start to finish. Maryland cuts it to two. They come right back. Tony Perkins, he was great in that one. He had 22 points. They beat Rutgers easily, cruise into a victory with some great shooting once again. That was the one where Patrick had three three-pointers. The bench was really good. Dix had eight points. Euless, he went off for 16. They run away from Northwestern late at a game where Northwestern was playing really well. Maybe ran out of some legs. That was a big one for Sanford. He had five three-pointers, three including 20 points. And then here lately, over the last couple of weeks, the, the game against Illinois, Tony Perkins with 32 points, just getting to the paint, getting to the rim at will. How good that game was. What a great environment it was. We had all the pomp and circumstance surrounding it, going into the game with the orange crush and what was happening there. It just, it was beautiful. We got a Saturday afternoon game, and it actually, it actually turned out good against the Illini. What they did against Ohio State, and that it was just the perfect Connor McCaffrey game. Seven points, six rebounds, 13 assists, and some of the most beautiful basketball that you're going to see offensively from the Hawkeyes in that one. And then, of course, what happened on Saturday. The win against Michigan State coming back 13 down with 94 seconds to play, down 11 with a minute left. They become one of only four teams in college basketball, certainly over the last quarter century, that have come down from an 11-point deficit in the final minute of the game to come back and win. Another one of those, well, the most recent one, was you and I falling to Texas A&M in the NCAA tournament. That was different. I mean, that was you and I just melting down. They couldn't get the ball in. The older Bohannon, I think he had fouled out of the game, maybe it was, and they didn't have somebody that they were confident getting the ball in. 
they lost that one in overtime. Ultimately, a couple other times, it was UNLV down 11 to San Diego State back in 2005 in Nevada, down 11 with 59 seconds left back in 2017. I mean, th- those are the only times that has happened, at least as far back as the data points go. The other comebacks, and we talked about some of those games that they've had this year. Is this team great? They're not. They're just not. And when you're playing away from home and you struggle as much as this Iowa team is, it's not a great team. The resume is not quite as shiny as it was just a couple of weeks back. And Michigan's fallen back a little bit. You look at the resume, just four now quad one victories. That was seven or eight here just a couple of weeks back. And that has changed as teams go up and down the rankings. Now, it can still bounce back. That's the good news. The resume, okay right now. Looking at bracket matrix, it has 89 brackets all put together in average. They have Iowa right now as an eight seed. So they have dropped a little bit here over the last week. But when you look at that resume and you look at what they have at this point in time, here is this Iowa team. They, they are sitting with four wins in quad one, but you couple it with quad two. They're in good shape. Now, one and one this week, lose to Indiana, beat Nebraska. It's not going into the Big Ten tournament thinking you have to win a game or two just to be an NCAA tournament team. You're playing for seeding. That's a good place today. Now, don't give it away against Nebraska. you got to get that win right. But this team, Hasn't been pretty at times. There's been some ridiculous comebacks, and here they are. Entertaining us time in and time out. The guts, everything along with it. Now, I want to say one other thing. And yesterday, we we just touched on it for a moment in the Instant Reaction podcast. And that's what I tweeted out yesterday. And it's been uh, back and forth with what some people have thought about the tweet. So it was as Fran and the stare down in the final minute and a half of the game. And I said this. Fran should be embarrassed by this. Worse than getting ejected last week. And I really, I still believe that applies. The stare down, the intimidation, it's not a good look. First of all, what's he looking to accomplish? Is he going to punch him? Is he going to get in a fight? That kind of intimidation, that's calculated. That's not yelling because you're ticked off at a bad call. That's not trying to set people up. You know, Tony Perkins comes over and tries to bring him back to the huddle. Then come over here. Come coach us. That's not what it was. Yes, it worked. It's just not a good look. And I think Fran McCaffrey agrees it wasn't a good look. You know why? Because he was asked after the game about it in the press conference, and he said very wryly, I don't know what you're talking about. So I think that goes to show you Fran also understands that wasn't a great look. Now, I'm not some person that is all up in arms about things like this. I'm not. I'm not somebody that gets on Fran McCaffrey about the technical fouls. That's not me. I like the passion. I like the way that he goes out there, and he always has the backs of his guys. That's always been me. If you've heard me throughout the years, you certainly know I am a huge Fran McCaffrey fan. Are the things that frustrate me? Absolutely. I think that's the case, though, with any coach that is out there. In that moment, it was a bad look. And the people that want to make this, well, this coach does this, and this coach does that, I don't give a crap about those things. They don't matter. Stop bringing Matt Campbell up. I don't care about Matt Campbell in this circumstance. I don't care about Lisa Bluter with a couple of F-bombs late in the game because she absolutely has that. And Fran does that too. And do you ever hear me? One time. Talk about Fran and dropping an F-bomb on an official and getting after there. I don't. You know why? Because I don't care about that. It was this instance and this tactic that he used. Did it work? You can argue that. I'm fine with that. But in this instance, I thought it was a bad look. 
trying to be intimidating for the sake of being intimidating is not a good look. I still love Fran. I respect the hell out of the guy. And I want this guy to continue to be Iowa's basketball coach for the foreseeable future. Even if it ends again in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament, even if he doesn't get this team back to the Sweet 16 in the next year or two or three, I still believe enough in this guy. He's got enough cracks at it. He's got that program back at a level where ultimately it should be. Yeah, we always want more. I get that. And there's plenty of people out there that want more from Fran McCaffrey's teams and think that you've hit a plateau and there's no getting past it. And I get that. I think to get past it, they got to be better on the defensive end. There's things that needs to be done inside the program. That's a conversation for a different day. I am a Fran McCaffrey fan. I was not a fan of that moment. I thought it was a bad look. And nationally, regionally, statewide, people agree. Fran McCaffrey agrees. He didn't want to talk about it. I think he didn't want to talk about it because he also realizes it wasn't the best look. Well, it wasn't just basketball this weekend. There was a whole lot more going on. The Iowa baseball team made their way down to Round Rock, Texas, and they had a couple of big matchups. Started with Sam Houston State, didn't go very well. Saturday, it was number one, LSU, the top team in all the land. In fact, right now, still the betting favorite to win the College World Series. What does Iowa do? They not just beat them, they took it too the top team in the land. We'll talk a little Iowa baseball here to wrap things up. Also preview the week ahead here on Lockdown Hawkeyes as we roll through. Stay right there. We're back with more in a moment. Trent kind of back with you one final time on Lockdown Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. It's everything you need to know as you get ready for March in college hoops all in one spot. You can hear from the big names, the insiders, coaches, and players with Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. It lets you know when we're available each and every day. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Jason's going to stop by. My buddy, we're going to talk with Biz. Haven't had him on in a couple of weeks. As, well, he's been busy with his real job. But we'll get him back in here and talk about what an incredible weekend it was. So on Saturday, the Iowa baseball team, after losing 6 nothing to Sam Houston State on Friday night, you're left thinking, all right. Can you get a split? And you think if you're going to get a split over the weekend games, Saturday and Sunday, well, it's going to be today against Kansas State. Instead, what does Iowa do? They jump out to a 3-0 lead. Brody Brecht in the bottom of the first inning loads up the bases. An infield hit, a couple of walks in there, and he shut, and he <laughs> strikes out the side. I mean, he's hitting 100 on the gun. He is dominating. The control's still a little iffy. Was he a little pumped up at times? He was. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but he was able to wiggle out of the jam, striking out the side in the first inning, finishes the game up, doesn't get the win in relief, though. The bullpen was great this weekend, and not just winning the game, but winning it in that fashion, jumping out early. LSU starting to come back a little bit, and the Iowa team just kept hitting. Now, I uh, talked to a couple of people coming into the season about this Iowa baseball team and people that followed a little bit more, and I asked very simply, does this have a chance to be their best team since the last one that made the NCAA tournament? Man, there was no doubt about it. There was really that thought about it. The depth that they have in the pitching staff, the weekend staff, obviously, that they have now, 
they look to be in really good shape. I mean, they had a Friday ace a year ago, but the depth behind it at times less than question marks. I mean, they have guys right now that they were counting on coming into the year at minimum out of the bullpen that still haven't even taken the mound yet. And that's just a credit to what not just the starters have done, but also what we've seen the first guy that has come in out of relief. This Iowa baseball team, they can swing it. Uh, they, of course, got a transfer that's come in and really helped out a guy from Wofford. That's one of their top hitters, and he's got some big-time pop. Then against Kansas State, back-and-forth affair. They win it in the ninth inning with a home run there and a hold on to win uh, 6-5 was a final against Kansas State. A really good position here. Now, the number's a little bit goofy. If you're looking at RPIs already early in the season, don't get too far. LSU is going to be there in the end. That win is going to resonate. You think back to a year ago, they had an opportunity against Texas Tech. Didn't really play Heller Ball in that one. It was Heller Ball early on against Kansas State. The third run of the first inning came on a double steal, including on the backside of a delayed steal from third base, stealing home. It was a thing of beauty. They're going to be fun this year. It, Maryland going to be very good this season. The Big Ten schedule sets up in a way where they got the Terrapins. That's it, though, kind of the heavy heads in the conference this year. I was going to be in really good shape to make not just the Big Ten tournament. They put themselves already in position now to be an NCAA tournament team. Still a ton of baseball to go, but if this continues. And you also wonder about Brody Brack. And we've been saying for months here, coming into the baseball season, I've been in the belief that we've seen Brody Breck play football for the final time in a Hawkeye uniform. I've maintained that for quite a while. I mean, when you have a young man that's throwing 100 miles an hour and doing the things that he's doing, as a football player, he's all right. As a baseball player, that's where his future is going to be. If he's going to be a professional athlete, it's certainly going to be as a baseball player. Eight walks, didn't matter. He was making strikeouts. He was coming up big. Time in and time out, Brody Breck, tip of the ball cap to you and this Iowa baseball team in good shape going into the rest of the season. Just a couple weeks in, they're 5-1, and one, but that win against LSU, that's going to stick there for a long time. What a weekend for Hawkeye Athletics it was. Now we get ready for two games left in the regular season. The women with the Big Ten tournament got Big Tens in wrestling coming up this weekend as they'll make their way to Ann Arbor for the weekend. That's going to be big for everybody trying to qualify for nationals and maybe put Iowa and themselves in position to pull a shocker and upend Penn State in the Nationals. A ton going on. We got you covered here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Spring football also is right around the corner. We're going to talk a little bit more later in the week with LaShawn about that. Back with you, though, on the Tomorrow Edition. Tuesday will be with us. It'll be me and Biz. Wednesday, then, right away in your feed, we'll have an instant reaction from the Iowa-Indiana game. That's a 6 o'clock game Tuesday on ESPN. Later in the week, we'll get back into some more football with LaShawn. We got you covered. Your team every day here with Locked On Hawkeyes. Again, as always, thanks for hitting that subscribe button on YouTube and for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. They're bringing you everything you need to know on and off the floor. And you can hear from all the big names out there, the coaches, the players, all throughout college basketball with Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy it, Hawkeye fans. It was a fun one. Hopefully we got more fun in front of us with these basketball teams, wrestling, baseball, even a little softball. As a softball team made a run against number one UCLA, fell by a run in their game earlier in the week. It's a good time. Well, it's always a great time to be a Hawkeye. Just a little bit better. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.